Hi, and welcome to episode number 28 of Meet My Followers for September 13th, 2010. I am your host, Kate Dworkin, and this is the podcast where I interview my actual Twitter followers. On today's show, I have David Hauser, at DH. Once again, I have to thank this show's sponsor, Solvate. If you haven't already heard about Solvate, it allows small businesses to hire top talent for individual little projects. If you're a consultant, freelancer, or contractor, come join me and other top independent professionals already on the platform. You can create your profile in the Solvate Talent Engine by simply heading over to Solvate.com. My guest today is actually someone who is a serial entrepreneur and a guy who I actually ended up finding after his company produced a video uh, about entrepreneurs. But uh, David, thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. I'm glad I could be here. So I like to step back and, and just let people introduce themselves early on because I think that uh, it, it's the most effective way for people to get the, the frame around you. So who are you, David? Sure. David Hauser. Um, I founded Grasshopper six and a half years ago, and uh, our core purpose is to empower entrepreneurs to succeed. Um, we do that in a number of different ways. Our core product today is a virtual phone system for entrepreneurs, and you can find me on Twitter at uh, DH. Pretty easy to remember. Yeah, it, it's you really were on the platform very early, or you were very lucky, or you acquired that name. I'm not sure which. <laughs> yeah, I, I think both lucky and found someone that wasn't using it. Gotcha. Well, that's uh, that's definitely nice to have a super short Twitter name. But you know, this isn't Grasshopper. Isn't your first venture, right? You're you're a serial entrepreneur. You've been doing this for a while now. But uh, would you talk to me about the kind of initial mindset that that you take when you start businesses? Yeah, sure. So really, when we when we look at new businesses and when we started our business, um, it's really about talking to customers and you know getting that validation and that people are actually going to pay for something. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of talk, and people always are saying, you know. We can raise money and this, that, and the other thing. What it comes down to is, is someone willing to pay for it? And you, know, you don't even have to have a product to find that out. Uh, and you really have to be serious about asking that question and, and collecting the money. Sure. Uh, at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's about real profit in your pocket, right? It's not about you know, users and everything else. You've got to build a real business to stay in business. Exactly. Uh, I totally agree with it. You know, my marketing and, and master's degree definitely point me in that direction. So talk to me a little bit how you got paired up with uh, Samayak. So CMAC, uh, my business partner, we, we met in uh, college. Um, we both went to Babson College. Oh, awesome. um, he was a year ahead of me. Um, we didn't really know each other in college, uh, two separate social circles, which I think worked well for us being co-founders and, and being partners um, and, and really great partners today. Um, we weren't friends, but um, met there, both had similar desire what we were looking at and said, okay, well, kind of you know, naive, I guess, said, well, let's just do this together rather than um, competing against each other. And we're like, okay, cool. Um, and, and we got going. Well, that's that's really exciting that you would, uh, you know, take a kind of just an acquaintance, it sounds like, and, and start to build a business with him. Um, and you guys are best known for your Grasshopper product, obviously. Um, and uh, would you mind explaining to uh, folks what that is? Sure. Um, so our, our core product, Grasshopper, is a virtual phone system built for entrepreneurs. So press one for sales, two for support, on hold music, transferring, all the stuff you'd expect from a large phone system that a big company would have, but made for the entrepreneur, priced for the entrepreneur, and no hardware or software. Um, so our typical customer is one to 10 employees, and our pricing starts at around $10 a month. 
it's amazing to me the number of tools and platforms that have come online, and especially in the last probably five years, that are enabling entrepreneurs or somebody who might have that entrepreneurial itch to uh, represent themselves in a real business manner. And your tools are, are definitely one of those that are on the list for me. Uh, sure, we really love the kind of the the ecosystem of tools that are available to, to entrepreneurs that are coming out. It makes starting a company cheaper, faster, easier, um, but also then running a company more effectively so you can generate more revenue. And at the end of the day, entrepreneurs are what generate you know our economy and what you know drive us forward. So the more things out there that support them, I'm happy to see. And and where does this love for entrepreneurialism and entrepreneurship come from for you? Is it just something that you know your family ingrained into you, or is it just you know personal passion through life? I think it's just been a personal passion. I mean, my father and grandfather both ran their own company. Um, my mom ran a school, so that entrepreneurial spirit was always there. And my parents kind of gave that to me as you know, if this is something you're interested in, go for it. Mm -hmm. um, but then, as I just met more and more entrepreneurs doing what I was doing, I really just loved. You know, the passion that people bring to something that they're building um, and that they can see every day uh, compared to someone who's just, uh, yeah, I have a job and it's OK and whatever. But when you meet an entrepreneur and they're passionate, you, you can't match that. So, you know, I'm just as passionate about helping entrepreneurs each time I meet them. And, and that, that's also reflected in your involvement in the uh, Young Entrepreneurs Organization, right? Yeah. So um, I, I try to be involved in a lot of different organizations. So. Um, Entrepreneurs Organization, EO, um, great organization. I've been a member for five, and, oh, six years now, I think. Um, I'm president of the local chapter in Boston. Um, I helped out with the Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award for college-age entrepreneurs. Um, anything that we can do to give back to the community in that way, um, I, I think is really great because we've been lucky that the community has supported us. Gotcha. It's really interesting to me that, that you know, you've, you've had this, you know, experience where Grasshopper and then you've grown these other small businesses into, you know, bigger businesses by leveraging your platform. But you guys are starting to extend out into other platforms as well now. You guys are, have released a product called Chargeify, if I'm correct. Yep. So Chargeify has been out for a little while. We also just released Spreadable. Um, and, you know, really uh, it's listening to our customers and their needs, um, plus building in some of the stuff that we've done over over the years that helped us grow. And that's that's where um, Chargeify and Spreadable kind of came from, which was things that we've built internally and have used. Um, and again, supporting the, the entrepreneurial community and um, both very different products, but support the same group. Sure. And how would you, it sounds like you build a lot of things in-house, right? You guys scratch your own itch for lack of a better term, but at the end of the day, you have to figure out if there's a real business there. Is it just you're talking with you know your core set of users or is there, you know, some more market research that and process that goes into that? I think it's really a combination. So um, there are some things that we need internally and we say, okay, well, we're going to create that. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's other times where we're talking to our current customers and listening to what they need as well as listening to other groups of entrepreneurs in the market that might not be our customers today. Because um, it's rather insular to only look at our 40,000 customers and talk to them where the, the, the actual community is in, is in millions, right? So. Yeah. Um, we have to make sure that we're careful in selecting those groups and you know listening to what they have to say. And that's you know from involvement and conferences I go to and listening and hearing what what's happening in the market all the way through more formal actual customer and user interviews. Gotcha. And when you guys release a product, obviously you know you guys are, are, are fairly smallish or medium sizeish company, right? With fifty or so employees now. Uh, yep. You know, 
have you ever found that you you know release a product and then you guys got to do a little course correction here or there? What's the process behind that? Absolutely. I mean, we we can't say like we're we're just geniuses and come out with like great things, right? So Fair enough. Uh, we we've had multiple projects internally that you know we're like, oh, this is a great idea. We had a video conferencing thing. We had all sorts of stuff, and we got down the path. And you know, our biggest test is will we use this, right? And if, and if we're not the target market, then we need to find someone who is and ask them that question. Okay. Um, but the video conferencing was a perfect example. We had a need for multi-person remote video conferencing in a web browser. Okay. Super powerful, great. There wasn't any tools that did it for multiple people. Skype has started to do it on the PC yeah. um, for multi-person, but not yet on Mac. Okay. Um, so we're like, okay, pretty cool. We came out, we come up, got a solution together with Flash and whatever, mm-hmm. and we just didn't use it. Because it sucked. Gotcha. Well, actually, let me throw something out at you then because there's a startup that I actually interviewed their VP of marketing who was on the show uh, earlier this month uh, called TalkBox, T-O-K-B-O-X. Yep. Um, and they're a great platform, great people over there. So if that's if that's still a need that you guys have, take a peek at what they're doing. Yeah, so we, we know TalkBox well. They were awesome. around at the time. Um, it, it wasn't really set up for the video conference that we wanted to do. Gotcha. Um, but at the end of the day, we just scrapped it because we're like, we're not using it. Very interesting. So you're willing to, to you know – cut losses and say that's 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 the end of this product that's the end of this project we don't really need this and just walk away yeah i mean that that's part of understanding about product right mm-hmm. you know you, you make mistakes and you have to be willing to say it was a mistake and either i'm going to change it or i'm going to get rid of it um and doing that earlier and faster is better than waiting until you've invested so much money that's a hard decision for a lot of people, though, because people get emotional about, you know, oh, well, I've invested so much and it can only take a little bit more. How do you divorce that, that you know, emotional comp- uh, component to that decision process? I think for us it's a little bit easier because we have a, a current product that's been successful, right? Sure. So we're in a little bit different position than when we first started. When we first started, I think we were more emotionally attached to that, that thing and it would have been harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but we made changes when we first started. We started marketing as small business and all these other things. And over time, we said, you know what? Our best customers are not small businesses that self-identify as such, but they're entrepreneurs, Right. And, and making those changes. Now, we could have said, you know what, we always started with small business. That's what we're going to do. Um, and, and I think that's a good example of understanding and being able to make changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, it has to come down to are you passionate about a specific idea or are you passionate about creating a great company? And we were always passionate about creating a great company. And I, I saw on uh, one of your uh, EO talks, uh, you, you really specified that building a great company is, is about building a great culture. Do you mind yeah. talking about that just for a couple minutes? Yeah, so um, you know, we, we, we really looked at how our company was growing really quickly. We went from one person to five to 15 to 20 to 30. To 50, like We just grew really quickly. Um, and, and we kind of stopped a few years ago and looked, looked at it and said, you know, something doesn't feel right. And what it really was was there were people here that didn't fit our culture. And the problem was we hadn't articulated what our culture is, right? And we had hired the wrong people, and, and that, that cost us a lot of money, time, morale in making those corrections, um, but it was the best corrections we could make in articulating our culture um, and then making sure that we're only hiring and keeping the people that fit that culture. Gotcha. Uh, I, I've known so many entrepreneurs who get to that critical point where they see that the culture at their company has eroded, and they make a conscious decision to, at that point, sell out and not you know, work really hard to make it better. So, sure. you know, congratulations to you and, and the entire team there for willing for being willing to work incredibly hard to fix the problem. Uh, yeah, I mean, for us, we had no other option, right? We had yeah. we have no investors. So there wasn't a 
we've never had an option to sell or to look for an exit, right? Our goal was to build a great company. So when we got to that point, we, we didn't have much of a decision, right? It was just, yes, we have to do that. Gotcha. Well, that's that's really great. Uh, you know, the reason why you and I first interacted, and I think probably the reason why you ended up following me was because I was uh, very ardent about sending out your entrepreneur video, which I'll link to in the show notes here, uh, you know, uh, just to anyone, everyone who I was interacting with. Because while I'm, you know, very early, you know, stage kind of entrepreneur, business, small business guy, um, it's it's something that inspires the heck out of me. I mean, how did that project come onto the radar and, and what was your involvement in that? Sure. That, that was a really exciting project. And um, it was part of our rebrand from our old name, Got Email to Grasshopper. Um, and you know, the, the really important thing was at the time when we started doing that, it was, you know, all these politicians were talking about, you know, saving our economy and, you know, it's all about entrepreneurs. And, and then they would talk about it, but it wouldn't be any real action. Right. It just it was like, well, you know, entrepreneurs are important, but we're not going to support them with dollars. We're going to give it to Wall Street in billions of dollars. Right. Um, so it kind of came from this feeling of, you know, that's not right. Um, what we believe is that's really true, that entrepreneurs will change this economy. And we want that message to be out there. Um, it kind of it was interesting that when we were starting to think about that, um, the type of video that is, it's called kinetic text yep. or kinetic type. Um, was was kind of coming back in popularity and there were a few national campaigns that used it and it just I said you know what I, I want to create something with this so with those two kind of goals in mind um, I, I gave it to the cultivated word um, to to write and produce and say you know worked with with, with Sonia over there to really get that working mm-hmm. um, and then she commissioned custom music from Carly Commando and you know put the whole thing together in a very emotional way uh, and it just kind of came at the right time. And there were some odd things like we had to have kinetic type. And then we were like, okay, let's make a good message. That's, that's great. And, and, you know, I, I want to, you know, thank you and, and, you know, a lot of other entrepreneurs recently for supporting the uh, new petition for uh, November 19th, uh, being the first annual national entrepreneurs day. Absolutely. How did you get involved, like promoting that as well? Or was that just an extension of all this other entrepreneurialism and supporting entrepreneurs? So that, that was kind of a year after the video, um, and we got a lot of questions about, I love the video, how do I help? How do I support? What do I do? I might not be an entrepreneur myself, but I, I really believe what you're saying. Sure. Um, and, and we thought about it a lot, and we looked around, and there are so many countries that recognize on a day the achievements of entrepreneurs for that country and what it means for their economy, and the U.S. doesn't have that. Hmm. Uh, and we said, there's a problem with that. Uh, and, and we, we set out to, to get it signed by President Obama um, in, into law that it would be a nationally recognized day for entrepreneurs. Um, and, and luckily, when we started that, the uh, Kauffman Foundation and, and some others kind of caught on and are now helping with some of their Washington, D.C. contacts that we might not have. But for us, it was really about there should be a day to recognize what generates more than 50 percent of the jobs in the U.S., and that's entrepreneurs. That's, that's that's great, and obviously, you know, I'm a supporter of that, and and you know, I just cannot believe that uh, in a country where so many people have come here for the opportunity to be an entrepreneur, that we don't recognize it. It just doesn't make sense to me. Well, David, I actually finish up most of these interviews by asking who are some of the people that you follow on Twitter or just on the social web in whole who are creating great content that you're seeing. So I, I follow a lot of people on Twitter, a lot a lot of our customers, a lot of people who interact with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm 
I, I see a lot of content, right? I, sure. I read probably 15, 20, 30 blogs a day. I don't even know what's in my Google Reader anymore. Okay. Um, it's, it's hundreds of, of things. The best content that I'm, I'm really seeing is from entrepreneurs that we don't know the names of. Um, so like someone like Dan Martell um, is generating great content. Now, in the San Francisco kind of startup world, he's really popular. Yeah. Outside of that, not many people know him. Exactly. So great people like that are, are key to you know, expanding not only your mindset because, yeah, you're based in Boston, but just good people as well. Yeah. Um, and I think they, they also just create more legitimate content than someone who's writing for large groups of people and you know, kind of generic stuff like you know, Seth Godin, right? Who reads his blog anymore? Like who cares? Like it's just it's it's boring because it's not interesting and legitimate content content from the the you know the real world, right? He has not been in a real world business for years. Dan Martell is running Flowtown today. Yep. And he's a good dude. And and he and he works really hard at what he does. So yep. I mean I I met Dan at uh, South by Southwest uh last year and uh just an amazing amazingly passionate and amazingly talented guy and he's doing all the things that he can to make his company extremely successful absolutely so well david thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it absolutely i'm, I'm glad i could uh, be here and you know again if if you need anything reach out and if anyone has any additional questions i'm always on twitter at dh uh, my email address is on the website happy to answer any questions anyone ever has well, that just about finishes up this episode of Meet My Followers with David. Hopefully, you'll follow him on Twitter. That's at DH. Please interact with him. Send him an at reply. He's one of the most accessible co-founders that I've come across uh, as I've kind of gained some experience in interacting with a lot of different companies over the last couple of years. I also uh, want to thank you for listening to this episode of the show, and I hope that you will come back for a future episode. If you do have a few extra minutes today, though, please head over to bit.ly slash K-I-W-Y-S. Rate and comment on that video application for me to become a shirtwearer for iwearyourshirt.com. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.